this is Psalms to God, Season 2, Episode 31, Legalism. You can find the show notes for this episode at www.psalmstogod.com. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, CSB. have a guest with me today. So I have my cousin, San, and um, it's another family member who has actually been to seminary. I have a lot of very theologically astute family members, so I'm very thankful for that. And I'm very excited that she could come on the podcast with me. Um, San, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. (laughs) Would you like to share any like information about yourself or um, how you, you know, how you started embarking on your own theological journey before we start our topic for today? Well, I guess, um, you know, I'm family, I think, is uh, a religious family who were raised in the church and that sort of thing. So I've always had an awareness of God and the Lord Jesus. Um, but at, there came a time in my adult life uh, I was attending a church, and uh, I really enjoyed attending the, church, attending the church because the pastor really taught, and I loved that he interjected Hebrew and Greek and that sort nice. of thing. And then all of a sudden, he stopped doing that. Um, we merged with another church. And so I was just really hungry. So unlike probably the typical seminary student, I actually went um, just to learn. I didn't have mm-hmm. any inclination that I wanted to be in formal ministry in any sort of way. I just wanted to learn. I was just hungry to learn. So um, with that, I'm continuing on this journey. So, um, you know, thanks for having me. I really enjoy your podcast, and so I'm glad to be a part. Yeah, thank you for coming. So today we're going to talk about legalism. Um, You know, I've done a couple of episodes on um, a lot of, topics that deal with the law. Um, So it's only fitting that we also talk about legalism. Um, So first, I guess we should define that because some people listening may not know what legalism is. Uh, What do you you think when you hear the word legalism? Uh, I guess maybe a strict adherence to the law. Of faith uh, with God, um, with Jesus as your Lord and Savior. 
so, and I guess that led more toward gray. So I guess it's, you know, the, uh, on the other end of the pendulum where you just depend on your, um, your work, your, you know, what you bring to the table as far as being able to adhere to the law. Yeah, that's the that's also the definition or the, the definitions that I found as well. Um, and I think it's interesting because I feel like as people were kind of like prone to that, the this idea of having to do something as opposed to just having faith. Um, I remember, so I have a friend and I was having a conversation with him. And he just could not understand the concept that all you have to do to be saved is believe. He was like, that's, like, to him, that just seemed to, like, the most outlandish and crazy thing. Like, he, I think he felt like you had to do something. Like, you know, right. yeah. Um, but interesting. Well, and isn't that, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say that it's kind of like our society, you know, like, when you're dealing with people in relationships, you normally have an expectation, you know, that you have to do something or they have to do something for your love. Mm-hmm. Yes. People do. Um, and there's this expectation that if you do something, that they will do something back. Right. And I don't want to have to earn somebody's love. Right. You know, or friendship for that matter. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting. Before we jumped on the call, I actually had this thought um, that it's even almost like citizenship um, in the sense that, you know, I'm an American citizen because I was born in the United States. Um, But technically, even if I break the law, I will still be an American citizen. I mean, I might have to go to jail, but I would still be an American (laughs) citizen. Right. You go to an jail. Yeah, and you know. That's a great analogy. That's a great analogy. I like that. The Israelites struggled with it, or at least I should say, the Pharisees right. really struggled with it. Um, you know, they thought that they could follow the law. Like, I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. Like, it's almost like they completely forgot about God altogether because they were so focused on the law. Right. Right. Like, have you have you ever? That's what tends to happen. That's what tends to happen. You're so, you know. I I guess, and um, you know, I guess we'll get into this as we begin to talk. But uh, one of the reasons I think I'm your guest is because I have confessed to you that (laughs) I was very legalistic. (laughs) And so I have to say that that really started early in my life. You know, I saw that if I obeyed my parents, I didn't get in trouble. (laughs) And so I'm like, um, you know, sometimes my brother would get, you know, spankings, you know, back then we call them whoopings, and, (laughs) you know, but would get in trouble or get punished. And I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, like, I'm not doing that. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to get put on restriction or sent to my room. So, you know, and it's not, and the odd thing is, it's not that I didn't do those things, but I didn't get caught as often, maybe. <laughs> and so, it, and, and which I think is the thing with legalism, because when you're, a legal, when you're legalistic, you can always 
Yeah. But sometimes you try to justify your own actions. And so, um, you know, my thing was to, you know, to look like I was the perfect little kid. So I would not get in trouble. Oh, wow. And so it wasn't that I was doing it to earn my parents' love, you know, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. My parents, I probably wasn't even thinking about them at that point. It was just that I didn't want to get in trouble. Yes. There's something about, like, um, kind of back to my friend who, who didn't understand faith being, like, the the big deal. Like, it's actually so much harder when you look at the law, when you look at what God said is right, what God said is, like, a good person. Um, I always go back to Christ saying, you know, why callest me thou good? There's none good but the Father. And when you look at yourself, um, especially if you get into the spirit of the law as opposed to the letter of the law, and you see how you've broken it, to be able to make that leap of faith and be like, God will accept me anyway, that's a whole nother level of difficulty. It really is. period of my life feeling like I was good because um, I was like I'm I'm not out here killing people you know I've been believing in God my whole life I don't have no other gods before me I'm not coveting like you know I just felt like I was I was doing great I you know and then when I actually you know I heard a sermon where they were breaking down those things I was like oh lord I have guilty yeah, I was like, oh, I'm a, I'm a horrible, horrible person. Um, but it's interesting because your instinct, because of how we treat each other as people, your instinct is automatically like, I have to do something to fix it. Right. Like, for some reason, it's like, oh, well, okay, I failed, God, what should I do? Um, and right. usually, like, in a friendship, you know... You, it's not just, oh, I'm going to go tell my friend, I'm, I'm sorry. It's like, oh, how do I make it up to you? It's like, oh, I'm going to buy you a gift or I'm going to take you here to your favorite restaurant. Right. But there's nothing we right. can do. There's nothing. There's nothing. <laughs> it's like, just because Jesus loves us, like, really? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and the, excuse me, but the 
Yes. That right there. That is really crazy, right? Because as humans, we do, you know? We, we categorize people as good and bad and, you know, how we interact with them, you know, based on their behavior. And it's like, you mean I can't do anything to make Christ um, think that he died for a good person? That he, you know, that I'm, I'm worthy, like that I'm worthy um, of his love and worthy of the blood that he shed for me. It's like, no. Nope. And I think when you said that, it hit something so real is that even beyond our opinion of, of how Christ sees us is how we see each other. Um, because that entire thing, like you said, he doesn't love me more or less. Um, yeah. you know, me, me doing this set of things versus this or that or whatever. Um, and I feel like that's also where the judgmentalness comes from within the church. Um, because people love to point fingers. Uh, and especially because I feel like. You know, there are sins that are very obvious. Um, like I said, when I was in high school, you know, I was scared. Like, I don't want to get pregnant, right? Uh, that would have been real right. obvious. You can't hide that. Like, right. you know. Um, so there are certain things, you know, n- people will know about you. But there are other things that you can keep hidden. And no one will know right. that you struggle with that. And so right. I feel like... Um, and then- yeah and that's what happens in our churches is that you'll have people walking around like holier than thou as though they have earned something when they haven't earned anything um but they will look down on people and make people feel bad because they have because they've struggled with a sin that is more uh visible or or more apparent and I, I feel like that's, right. that's yeah. I feel like legalism is kind of the root of that issue as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're right. And because um, I think like legalism and self-righteousness kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. yeah. You know, Definitely. I, I, um, you know, I'm legalistic, so... I adhere to these laws, you know, you didn't, and, you know, there's something about me that allows me to adhere to these laws. I don't know what's wrong with you. Yes, yes. And what I've found interesting about it is there's very much a focus on self um, because, you know, in life you can only control you. And to be honest, we're not really good at controlling ourselves. Um, But in theory, I can control me, but I can't control other people. So when I'm trying to adhere to the law, um, you know, it's about I don't do this. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. Um, And it's it's very much a focus on I. But a lot of times the laws that people focus on are not the ones that Jesus pointed out like or even 
even things from the Old Testament, um, you know, for instance, like um, in Micah chapter 6, verse 8, where Micah tells them to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with, with God, you know, that's not what people usually focus on. Um, right. <laughs> you know, they're like, I've never killed anybody. And it's like, okay. Right. But, you know, there was a homeless person sitting on the corner and did you stop and talk to that person or did you like run from them because you thought they were dirty? You know, like, like you, like it causes us. No. Right. Like we start, you start getting into like this whole other thing. Like I said, the Pharisees, like they completely forgot about god the the living part of it the human part of it um yeah. just to be like matter of fact yeah and you know um one of something that always sticks with me that one of my seminary professors said um he was like if somebody asks you if you are going to heaven or if you know if you know for sure that you're going to heaven and you start that sentence out with i'm going to heaven because i like, you've already missed it. You've already missed it. And I just always remember that. Like, that is so true. Like, well, I read my Bible and I go to church and I treat people right and I this. You know, it's more self-righteousness. Yes. You know, it is I, 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 I. And that is not, um, it's not kingdom thinking. It's, it's not how God's kingdom is designed. You know, Christ died for me. And it's, I don't know. It's, yeah, in, in spite of you. <laughs> right. It's in spite of me. Despite my failures. Right. You know. Right. right. And I think, you know, it's a really beautiful thing. Um, this kind of symbolic beauty. Um, because you, so you, you do have people who are on the complete other side of the fence who are like, I don't have to do anything. Uh, because, you know, right. God, God died on the cross for me. Therefore... I can do whatever I want to because I believe. And I'm like, whoa, y'all, no. You know, the devil knows that, that Christ died. And he's he out here doing the most. And, you know, there there is this aspect of accepting um, his sacrifice and, you know, letting him use you. Um, and it, But it's interesting when you find that kind of middle groove. It's very hard. And I, I don't think... Right. Like, I call it a groove, but I feel like there's this middle road, and I don't know if anybody's ever done this. On on the Wii, they have this thing where you can, like, you stand on, like, one leg, and it tracks your balance, and it makes this, like, squiggly line, because you it doesn't go straight. If you're perfectly balanced, it should just go straight, but really, you get, like, this wobbly line. I feel like that's what my relationship with God looks like. Me trying to hit the center of this, I'm not being too legalistic, but I'm not out here just doing whatever I want to do in the right. middle kind of thing. Um, but when you get, when you do get close into that and you, you're able to see how far you've fallen, but accept that he has 
forgiven you and that he has offered this gift to you, I feel like that is the most valuable and the most beautiful part of Christianity because that's what creates the relationship. Right. And, and think about that, Cherie, how not only does it create a relationship with God, but think about how our relationship would be with others if we offered them that same grace. Ooh, yeah. If we allow them to live, you know, under grace without always pointing a finger. And so you're right, like, we tend to swing to either end of the pendulum, like, mm-hmm. you know, antinomianism, I can do whatever I want because I'm under grace and God's going to love me anyway, or I am going to keep the law and kind of do. And when we really think about um, what sin is, you know, there's a verse in the Bible that says, um, he who knows the right thing to do and doesn't do it, that is sin unto him. Yes. And so when we think about it, like, oh my gosh, like, just, uh, you know, we know right from wrong. We, in most situations, we know the right thing to do, whether yes. we do that or not. Like, it's really easy to sin from that concept. It is. It is. It's so weird because they're, I feel like even from infancy, like I remember one of my little cousins, um, he probably doesn't even remember this. He was probably like three, two or three years old. And he was in the yard. um, And I think, you know, I think my aunt was on the phone or something. She had turned her back for like a second and he found some paint in the garage and he splattered the tail end of her car with this paint. And I remember when, um, I can't remember if it was my dad or who, somebody saw him and, you know, and called his name. And he looked up and he kind of chuckled. And then, you know, he, he basically was like, like he basically said something to the fact to the effect of the fact that my aunt would be mad. So it was like, he knew that my aunt would be mad that he painted the end of her car, but he did it anyway. And I'm like, wait, you were literally like three years old. It's not like you did it and you had no idea that she would be mad and you thought it would be okay. Like, you knew that she would be mad. And it was like, it was interesting to see that kind of processing in such a young child's mind. And it's, it's scary because, like, there are so many situations where we know it's wrong and we do it anyway. Right. But then there are also right. the situations where you don't know what's, like, I have seen, there are so many times where you're like, I don't know, what would, what, what should I do in this situation? You know, like, right. Right. In, you know, they're really. I'm glad that first is when you know the right thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, the fact that he watched her turn her back, like, 
I know I can't do this while she's watching, but as soon as she turns her back, I'm going back over to that trash can. <laughs> <laughs> and we would just laugh like, how does he know? Like, he's not even, I mean, he's in a walker. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why we choose to do other things, but one of the things that I guess gives me hope um, is looking at the people in the Bible. Um, you know, it's like I remember, so I took a theology class in, in undergrad, and at the time I wasn't like strong enough in my understanding to answer the professor's questions that he was asking about people like Abraham, who was a liar, and, you know, David, who was a murderer. Um, and, he, you know, he's like, why were these people so great? You know, like, what was so great about them? And it it really is, number one, how they acted after the fact. Like, you yeah. know, the, the repentance after the fact. Um, and then their faith yeah. through, throughout everything. Like, constant faith. And... You know, it's a humbling thing, but it's also like an encouraging yeah. thing. It, it really is, and it re- and it reminds me, you know, of the um, scripture that talks about the Pharisee and the tax collector. And you remember, both of them went to up to the temple to pray, mm-hmm. and the Pharisee was like, you know, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, and you know, I'm not unjust, and I don't do even like this tax collector. You know, I fast. You know, the tax collector would not even lift his eyes up to heaven, you know, but mm-hmm. just beat his breath and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And so, you know, Jesus goes on to say that this is the man, the tax collector, um, who asked for mercy was the one who would be justified, you know, and, and then that parable ends with, um, you know, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, mm-hmm. but the one who for David and Abraham and some of the other um, people of faith in the Bible that they humbled themselves. And you'll remember, you know, when uh, Nathan came to David to, you know, tell him about this guy that had taken this one little man's one little sheep, you know, and when he had many, and then, you know, David's like, who did that? Who is this man? And he was like, that man is you. And, you know, and David humbled himself, you know, yes. and out of that we get, what, Psalm 51, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I just love that. They wrote a whole song about it, you know? Yeah. And so it definitely is about being humble and, and um, you know, being remorseful. Yeah. And I feel like you learn you learn some of your biggest lessons from falling down, right? Like, you you have to fall oh, down yes. to stand up. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. And, and that's a, a lot of things, a lot of times, um, you know, we're so afraid of failing and people knowing that we failed. And, uh, but, you know, the, the sin isn't in 
sorry or, you know, the whatever. There should be, there should not be the shame and sorry, you know, but we don't stay down there. We get back up yes. and we try again. And I think the Bible says that, right? Like a righteous man falls seven times. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, you know, but we get back up. We get back up with hope, you know, in the hope that um, Christ offers us through his love. I definitely would agree with that. I think before we started the podcast, um, we were kind of talking about, you know, this concept of legalism in in the extreme, right? Where, um, you know, like you said, people are afraid of failing, so they cling to the law. And it, it's easy um, to cling to things when you have rules. Um, I know... Like, for instance, as a computer scientist, one of the reasons that I loved the sciences over, you know, English or history is because everything was concrete. Like, I could I could do a test or a homework assignment, and when I turned it in, I already knew what my grade was going to be because I got the right answer. And there's only one answer, and I got it. Like, I, you know, I ran the program, it ran, and it works, so I know that I got a decent grade. I may have lost a point here or there for, you know, little things, but, like, with English and history and, you know, even in, like, music and things, everything is so subjective, and it was out of my control, and I never knew, like, would the teacher like it, would they hate it, Um, and so, yeah, and so a lot of times we cling to structure, like, oh, I can make this yes. happen. But when we cling to that structure, then you start getting into really weird things. So when I was in school, I had a friend who, you know, he took the, you know, don't bear false witness, uh, which most people just shorten to don't lie. He took this... To the extreme. So we would be playing this game called Mafia. And, um, you know, you can look up the game online if you're not familiar with it. But basically, it's kind of like a mystery type of a game. Kind of like a murder mystery where you try to solve who done it um, or who is in the Mafia. And, you you know, you make guesses. And so um, part of it, you know, you you would put somebody on the spot and they have to justify why they're not the, you know, the mafia person. And so this friend, if he was, he would not lie because he thought it was, you know, a sin to lie, even in the context of the game. So if he was, and you, you put him on the spot and you were like, I think you're, you know, your mafia justify, you know, that you're not, he would be like, I am. And like, that was just it. (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it's like but it's a game you know and you know oh my god that's funny and i can totally identify with that because uh, i was sharing with you like something that happened to me in my ethics class uh in seminary and the professor was talking about the people that would hide the jewish people during the holocaust and so we were talking about this from an ethics perspective and I said, well, I wouldn't lie. Like, if they came to me and I was hiding some Jewish people, again, my legalistic Ooh. mindset, you know, I would not lie. And you're thinking, 
and God will protect them. God would not let them die, you know, and it's not their time. I mean, I was so <laughs> rigid. And uh, the people in the class, some of my fellow classmates were like, well, remind us not to come to your house, <laughs> you know, if we're in trouble. <laughs> and, you know, and I started to think about that. I'm like, oh, my God, that had to sound so harsh that, you know, I would not be willing to lie to save somebody's life. I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, I, uh, yeah. that is not, um, that's not one of the experiences I like reliving about <laughs> seminary because I really, you know, got to see how legalistic um, I had become. And I have to tell you, Sharia, it's still a struggle, you know, but mm-hmm. I'm aware of it now. So now I can process it, you know, but I still, when I see people breaking rules, I'm like, you know what's funny that's exactly what the pharisees did when they called for the murder of christ right like everything they were accusing him of was like legalism it you know and they were so caught up they did not recognize who was in front of them right and can you imagine oh my god so i guess i would have been a I think a lot of us would have been Pharisees. Um, I often wonder, like, uh, so I'm a huge fan of historical fiction. Um, and, I, and I often wonder, like, you know, if I could be magically transported back, you know, into the, the era of, of Christ, what would I have done? Like, um, growing up, I was a huge fan of, of Ben-Hur. It's a movie about, it's a fictional movie about a, a guy named Ben-Hur who lives during the time of Christ. And, you know, there's like scenes where he kind of like encounters Christ and he ends up at the crucifixion kind of like on accident or like off chance. Um, and it shows kind of like his reaction and things like that. And I'm kind of like, you know, we all like to think that we would have been you know, a yes. disciple. Yes. But I mean, even even the yes. disciples, Peter was running around talking about, I don't know him. I don't know him. What you talking about? Right? So I'm like, right? even if I was like he Peter, right, it's like, I, I don't know. I don't know what I would have been like or what I would have done. And it, it it's, it, it's, it's hard because you do have those, those moral dilemmas where, I mean, you know, you mentioned like lying, for instance, if you're if you're trying to save yeah. someone's life, right? Then I try to remind myself like, okay, well, you know, in Ecclesiastes, it talks about, you know, a time for everything, right? You know, right. there's a time for war, a time for peace, you know, time to laugh, a time to cry, and all of these things. But then, you know, I'm really bad about knowing when the right time is, you know? Right. You're just like, oh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Um, and that's why I'm glad we have grace because, you know, I'm, right. I'm going to get it wrong exactly. sometimes. Like, 
you know, maybe I, maybe I should have just smiled and nodded. Maybe I should have lied and said, you know, yes, that that is the most beautiful hairstyle you could ever have, right? right? Like maybe I should have said that. Maybe. Right. Right. Because, but I don't want to make somebody feel bad. Like why would I say? You know, my mom has this thing. Like if I show her some outfit or something, and if she really doesn't like it, she says she'll say. interesting because I when I think about the question I feel like I come from a slight like almost the opposite side I feel like I was always kind of more of like a rebel um that I just like because I'm definitely the the person that once you tell me like Sheree you have to do this or you need to go do that or something like me and my mom have had this conversation so many times because my mom starts so many sentences with you need to and the moment that comes out of her mouth, I'm like, I will not. Like, it, like I don't know. There's just this stubbornness. I'm like, oh, you oh, you told me that I was going to show up? Bet. I will not be there. Even if I wanted to go, I'm definitely not going mm-hmm. because you told me that I had to go and now I'm not going to go. And so I, I feel like, um, you know, if I'd been around, I feel like I would have been kind of like the rebellious one. That Jesus might have had to been like, yo, Sheree, calm down. Like, 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 yeah, yeah, you know, we're not trying to be legalistic, but we do have some sort of moral code we need to live by. Like, I need you to come back, come, come, come back over here just a little bit and calm down. You know, we don't have to, you know, and even now, like in, in my uh, young adult group, I always have to put out disclaimers. I'm like, you know, you guys gotta, you guys gotta keep me in check because if you let me make up all the ideas we might get in trouble. Like, the leadership in the church... I would have been over there saying, crucify her too. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, oh, we don't have to ask permission to do this. Let's just do it. I don't see why there's a problem. Like, um, and like, one of the things that I've learned 
is, you know, like how I, how I mentioned earlier about this wobbly, right? Like this swinging pendulum where we end up like too far to this side or too far to that side. And I feel like, you know, like I said, I feel like I'm the person that will lean too far sometimes to the other side where I'm like, oh no, it's cool. Let's just, let's just do something completely spontaneous and different. Um, and Yes. So that's what I was going to say. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. When I first joined the young adult group that I that I'm part of, um, they were forming kind of like a leadership body, like a group to, to plan events and things like that. And the leaders beforehand, when they picked us, I don't know if they did it intentionally. I mean, they said they prayed over it and we were the names that they came up with. But it was a very mixed group of people. So there were people who were kind of like more like liberal. Um, There were people who were more conservative. And there were people who were like more moderate. And it's interesting because... You know, I, I mean, I have like a, re- I guess a rebellious spirit. That sounds really bad when I say it out loud, but I think I have a bit of a rebellious spirit. Um, but because I attend the church that I do, it's interesting. Like, I, f- I feel like it's hard to really say whether I'm considered conservative or liberal because I didn't grow up with the ideas that they did. So there are certain things that I would be, that would be considered rebellious um, like wearing earrings or drinking caffeine, um, that, you know, people at the church would be like, oh my goodness, I can't believe she just did that, blah, 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 that I would be like, yo, they'd be all right. Um, and then there are other things that I think that are way more conservative, like that church celebrates Christmas and, you know, I don't celebrate Christmas because I think it's a pagan holiday. So there, so it's like, I, so it's like in some areas I would be very conservative and other areas I might be considered like liberal. And the same thing is true about the other people in the group. So we balance each other out. Right. And that's the whole thing about fellowship. So when we come together yeah. and, and you're you're talking about these things, then, you know, when I'm going too far off in this direction, they're like, yo, Sheree, what are you talking about? Or if I'm too strict in the law, they're like, Sheree, really? Like, that's you've taken that way too far. Like, you know, and, and, and they're pointing out um, the parts that you can't see. Because like you mentioned earlier, it's easier to see other people falling than it is to see our own self yeah. falling. And so I and think, like that, the scripture says, right? You can see the speck, you know. When it comes to like legalism in general, I think it's so important that we fellowship. I think because we have this these tendencies, I think that's why God created us to fellowship. The, I mean, the whole concept of like, yes. you know, opposites attracting and things like we keep each other balanced and stable and right. sane. Yeah, that's what I was going to say about being in a relationship. And... Um, uh, more on that is, you know, fellowshipping with people 
who are not necessarily like-minded, you know, think like you think, mm-hmm. you know. We need a diverse set of friends and, you know, relationships because if you're only associating with people who think like you do, then you may all go off the deep end together. I feel like that's you know? how cults start. Yes. Yeah. That we're all just like thinking alike and our way is right and their way is wrong and, you know, let's go and start our own little thing because we disagree. I mean, it's so sad that, you know, churches that split, you know, just because of disagreement, you know, we ought to be able to disagree and then like really pray and ask for guidance from the Holy Spirit on, you know, how to um, move forward. You know, but a lot of times it's like we take it so personally and now we get to the point where I don't even like you because you don't think like I think. And you know. Or you don't behave like I behave. And, you know, and it, it just, it, you know, causes split, you know, and division in relationships when, you know, there's a way to disagree. There's a way for you to have your opinion and my opinion and for us to kind of meet in the middle. Like, that's the work of relating one another right yes and i'm glad you brought that up because i feel like that also goes into um you know when god tells us i mean there are certain things that are just absolute right like you know you god said don't kill people okay if 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 you're not if they're not attacking you and it's not self-defense don't just walk up to somebody and shoot somebody. Like, we can all agree that's that's wrong. But there are certain right. things that people struggle with that's personal. Um, right. So, for example, uh, I... Well, I don't really have allergies. I'm allergic to spiders, but not, I'm not really allergic to any food. So, I generally, I can eat whatever I want to, and I'm not going to have an allergic reaction. Um, I have a cousin that's allergic to bananas. If she eats a banana, she's going to, like, end up in the hospital. She should not eat a banana. It has nothing to do with, like, the banana itself being good or bad or right or wrong. It's just she should not eat the banana. Yeah. Right. And there are a lot of things that are like that. So, for instance... I used to listen to some really ratchet music in, back in the day. Um, <laughs> I am learning so much about <laughs> I, you know, I used to like extremely violent movies, and I used to listen to some really ratchet music. And what I noticed is, like, when I listen to that music, I speed more in my car. I get angry quicker. Um, it, it affects my spirit. Now... Because of that, I am of the opinion that I should not be listening to that music, right? The Holy Spirit has convicted me that it's, it's wrong for me to listen to that. So like you said um, wow. way back, you know, if you know it's wrong and you do it anyway, that's on you. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, so, that it affects somebody else exactly the same way, right? Correct. And I feel like one of the biggest things that people argue about in the church is music. Like, can we have drums? Can we not have drums? Can we, you know, can we have a guitar? And 
right. you know, people are like, oh, this music is too contemporary or I can't go to that church because they only sing hymns. And like you find people literally arguing about the music. And I don't think the music really matters. Like, yes, if you if right. you stayed in the club your whole life and now this reminds you of the club, it may not be a good environment for you. But that doesn't mean that those right. people are in sin just because it's not for you. And I think that's one yeah. of the things that happens too in legalism is that um, we get caught up in things that God may be telling us to do that he's not telling the other right. people to do. Like, I have a mission for right. you and I want you to do this and now we're trying to make the whole world do it. Right, exactly. And that's why, I mean, you know, I, I sometimes cringe when I hear religion you know, because it really is about relationship. God mm-hmm. wants a relationship with us. And each relationship is personal, right? Mm-hmm. So God may be telling me to stop doing something. It may not be a sin, but he doesn't want me to do it. And so then the issue comes in when I say, Cherie, you shouldn't do this either. If God told me not to do it, surely he doesn't want you to do it either as someone who loves the Lord. You know, and so we start kind of putting, you know, on others what God has told us in our personal time with him, in our quiet time with him, in our personal relationship with him. And so that's when, you know, I think things really kind of get off course. You know, we're, we're trying to dictate to other people, you know, around what God has told us. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I definitely, um, you know, I try to lean towards building the relationship. Um, yeah. You know, there, I mean, there, the yeah, there, there are definitely things that, you know, and like one of the, one of the reasons I wanted to do this episode is because, you know, there are things that I do that other people don't do, or I don't do that, that other people do. And you know, people yeah. will, like, for instance, they might hear, like, oh, you keep the Sabbath. And they're like, that's legalism. And I'm like, no, I don't keep the Sabbath to be saved. It is it is a, it is a fruit of my journey that, you know, through my walk, I have been convicted to keep the Sabbath. And so, um, you know, or I've been convicted to eat this way or that way. And, you know, it was just part of my relationship and my growth with Christ. And, you know, I think the, the most important thing is building the relationship. You, you brought yeah, it out. Absolutely. The, the whole thing, we talked about toddlers knowing when they're wrong. And I feel like when you build your relationship with God, when you start walking, if you have that uninterrupted connection between you and the Holy Spirit, he's going to tell you if you're right or wrong. And, you know, yeah, you, you. Sometimes you still gonna do the wrong thing. I still do the wrong thing right. sometimes, and then well, especially you with your rebellious self. <laughs> yeah, and then I be looking back like God. I don't know why I did that. Like I don't. I really don't. I I need help. Um, right. I love you anyway. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm try. I'm really trying, but for some reason, in that moment, my head said, "Do it." Um. You know, but you, but the way you know that that relationship is still intact is that you're worried about it, right? Um, yeah. You know, I, 
you know, I might go back and listen to that song I didn't have no business listening to, or I might go off on somebody in traffic. And, you know, right after it, I'm like, oh, Lord, what am I doing? Why did I do that? You know, yeah. Yeah. and, And I feel a way about it. But there are other things that, you know, other people may struggle with. I mentioned the whole earrings thing earlier. I don't feel nothing. I don't like I don't you know, I don't look in the mirror and see my earring and be like, oh, Lord, you don't like that. I have this earring in my like I don't feel any type of conviction about that. And so yeah. for me, I'm like, okay, so God's not telling me that I can't wear these earrings. And I think that is the most important is having that relationship and that communication and trusting him to guide you in what to do and what yeah. not to do. Because, um, I mean, I can't, I can't speak of it from a from a marriage standpoint because I'm not married. But you can tell me if I'm wrong because you are married. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I I love how like when I look back on my journey with God, 
I see kind of how it has grown and how, you know, how it was in the beginning and then how it strengthened um, and just kind of that growth of like learning that he like it to me, it kind of feels like, you know, when people start dating, there are certain things people don't do in front of each other. Like, you know, you, you may like end a date quickly because you got to go do it like a number two and you don't want them you know to know that you did that or something like there's like there's like so many like normal bodily functions that you try to like hide or you know like you don't want to like burp on the date or something because you you know you want them to think that you're like classy and stuff and then you know once you start dating and assumably once you're married it's just like oh whatever you hear like you you know that you know that this is how I am like I don't know I didn't do my hair like it's fine um and I kind of feel like yeah and I feel like when I look back at my relationship with God like I see that kind of growth right like like my younger years where it's like I'm trying to be like my like full face of makeup, hair perfectly done, like when I when I come to God. And now it's like I'm sitting, you know, in the bathroom on the floor crying like, Lord, I'm a failure. And like <laughs> you know, it's like it's like I am here as I am, I am broken. Can you yes. fix me? Like <laughs> and it's like I'm not yeah. You know, it's like you have that vulnerability because you've grown and you've gone through these ups and downs where it's like, I can come to you in that broken state and and trust that you will still answer. Yes, yes. And when I think of it in the context of a marriage, because, I mean, when you're married, you know, your spouse sees you at your best and at Thank God that his word is true that he never leaves us or forsakes us. 
Exactly. Do you have any other... I don't think I have any more questions off the top of my head. Did you have anything else you wanted to add on? I don't think so. This has been a great conversation. This has been really, really good. And, you know, I guess the last thing I would say is stay on the journey. You know, yes. whether, you know, if, you know, those who are listening, if you're at one end or the other of the pendulum, you know, stay on the journey, you know? Yes. It's worth it. Stay on the journey. Move from whatever extreme you are. You know, let that be part of the journey. Move them from whatever extreme. Extremes are never good. No. (laughs) But baby steps, baby steps are okay. Baby steps. Baby steps are okay. Baby steps take. And even crawling sometimes. You know, you have to crawl before you can walk. Yes. That's, yeah. I think that, yeah, I think a, a big part of it is, that's the perfect place to end that relationship with God. So I'm so thankful that you came on. Thank you so much for being here and for having this conversation with me. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. And I I really enjoy your podcast and, you know, keep up the good work. We're listening and we're growing. You know, I, I, uh, like I said, from seminary, you know, I still have lots of questions. I still have a lot of, hopefully, a long journey in front of me. And so um, I enjoy uh, learning and growing. And uh, your podcast certainly gives me an opportunity to do that as well. I'm still learning and growing. And the podcast is helping me ask questions and answer questions. And, you know, if you ever run out of questions, there's a problem. Right. Like, right. I agree. And of course, thank you to the listeners for tuning in. You can always find me at the blog, www.psalmstogod.com or on Instagram and leave your comments there. I will see you guys next week. Bye.